You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I promised you a bonus podcast when Ms. Lawrence and agreeing to a deal with Ryan Fitzpatrick qualifies. So I brought on our Dolphins beat reporter from ESPN, Cameron Wolf, to discuss all things Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's a quick listen, but you will learn. You can follow Cameron on Twitter at Cameron Wolf, C-A-M-E-R-O-N-W-O-L-F-E. I tweeted out a story that Cameron wrote about Fitzpatrick during the season about how he's received in the locker room. Google it, find it on my Twitter uh, timeline. It's there. It's good. You can read my work on ESPN.com. We have a free agent tracker throughout this period to provide news and analysis on every signing. Also, if you haven't listened to my podcast with former Washington running back Chris Thompson, please do so. He was excellent and insightful. You'll enjoy hearing from him. And while you're at it, don't forget to give us a rating wherever you can on Apple platforms, whatever. It's much appreciated. Before I get to Cameron, a couple things. Signing Fitzpatrick allows them to have a quarterback who can run this offense and distribute the ball at a proper way, which is key. They like that ball getting to six, seven guys a game. If you're getting it down to three or four a game, it's not moving the way they want. And, and I think that's something that they liked with Alex Smith and something they're, they're going to like with Fitzpatrick. It helps receivers grow and develop, and it helps the offense move the ball. As you'll hear from Cameron, he's not a perfect quarterback. He is exactly who you think he is but he does have redeeming qualities. And I do think they could draft a quarterback that he can then mentor, or maybe a guy like Taylor Heineke becomes something more than what people in the league expect after learning under Fitzpatrick and getting more time in the NFL. A draft pick might be more likely, however. It's not a guarantee with the first pick, but it, and it could happen, but do not pencil it in for that spot just yet. By the time you hear some of this, it could be outdated, but I'm going to share it anyways. I know they really like receiver Curtis Samuel. Washington tried to trade for him during the summer and before the deadline. Marty Herney, then the Panthers GM, prevented it from happening and because they wanted to keep him there. But they also don't want to overpay for a guy who's not considered a number one receiver and maybe more of a gadget or a slot guy. Wouldn't shock me if they end up with him on a one-year deal, allowing him to hit free agency again next offseason. That's where having a quarterback who isn't afraid to throw helps. It can help build numbers for a guy, in this case, who needs to get those numbers to build up that, that you know, ability to get a bigger contract. Another name to watch, Marvin Jones, also a fast guy, veteran, made a lot of money in his career. So he may not be looking for the same kind of situation that a guy who was looking after that first huge contract is. Again, this might be old by the time you hear it. So if it is, skip to the conversation. Finally, keep in mind that Washington must be aware of future deals so it can keep together as many guys on that D-line as possible while also paying big money to Terry McLaurin in a couple of years. Yes, you, you know, he's going in his third year, so next year would be his last year, and then after that it's free agency, so they want to make sure they can keep him around. Yes, you can juggle a lot. Yes, salary cap space can be maneuvered. Cash flow is king. It's always been king. 
and it doesn't have to preclude it from happening, but it is something that I'm telling you that they're aware of and you just can't do everything. So if you go out and sign a guy to this monster monster deal, maybe isn't worth that or isn't viewed that way. It just makes it harder to keep a guy like McLaurin. They also know it's a good draft for offensive linemen and receivers. Plus they do like some tight ends in the draft class. That allows you to walk away from over, from over, overpaying a guy in free agency if you don't want in free agency if you don't want to. But they also know you can't just walk away from everything. You've got to be able to fill some needs now. The the free agency is great for filling needs. The draft is great for building a talent base, and that's how you need to operate. Anyway, that's it. After this break, let's get to my conversation with ESPN's Cameron Wolf. Why is Ryan Fitzpatrick fun to watch and cover? Welcome back. Now, here's my conversation with ESPN's Cameron Wolf. Well, Cameron, I just want to give Washington fans a little bit of a feel for what they have now in Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I would suggest, and I tweeted this out, for them to go back and read your story that I think you wrote during the season about what teammates and others think of him. But in general, what is Washington getting with Ryan Fitzpatrick? Well, simply put, a magician. Um, he's a fun guy. You know, um, I'm not going to sell you guys that he's going to be this savior who takes you back to the promised land. You know, he hadn't made the playoffs in his career, so it would be the first time for him. But I will tell you this. You're going to have a lot of fun watching Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, um, over the last couple of years in Dolphins land, in, in 2019, it was probably one of their worst seasons. But Fitzpatrick made it you know, especially in the second half of that year where people enjoyed watching that team. Um, he's a great teammate. Everybody I've talked to in the locker room loves him. Um, he's the truly the best way I can describe him just sort of as a guy is he's one of the guys, you know, typically mm-hmm. quarterbacks have a, a shield up, you know, they want to be a little separate. They're a little bit more, you know, uh, higher than the rest of the group. Fitzpatrick isn't that way. He loves to eat lunch with the tight ends, the running backs, the receivers. He, he, just he's really self-deprecating he's self-aware of who he is he knows he's a journeyman quarterback who who's probably going to get replaced at any given moment um but he relishes his moment and he loves to play i talked to him maybe three or four weeks ago and i you know asked him the question he gets asked every year hey is this it for you man 16 years and he's like man i love to play so if somebody gives me a chance to play i'm gonna lace, lace up the cleats and do it again um so it looks like washington is going to give him a chance to play at least early on and i, I think that it's a really good fit for him. He played well last year. Um, I know there was a lot of discrepancy on whether he should have been benched for Tua and whatnot. Ultimately, Tua was going to be the guy here eventually, and they wanted to start the clock. But Fitz did nothing to lose that job. And he was perfect as a mentor and on the field. So I think regardless of whatever role you see him in, as your QB1 leading you to the playoffs or as just a mentor for whoever's next, I think he's a good fit as a stopgap for those roles. And, you know, it's funny you bring up the playoff thing, too, because last year, if they keep him in that role, do you think they ultimately make the playoff? I know that's a hard, it's a hypothetical, but the way he was playing and the way they were going, do you think that they had a, they, that they would have done that? I think, I think there's one game they lost in, in Denver um, last year where they played really, really poorly offensively and Tua was a starter. If it started that game. I think that he could have won that game and they were one game away from the playoffs. So I think you could realistically say that. I mean, there's other factors there. Tua started nine games. The Fitz win all those games. I don't know. But yeah, I think Fitz may give them one more win last year than Tua did. And that gets you to 11 and five instead of 10 and six and you're in the playoffs. So yeah, I think that if Fitz plays the whole year, you know, and plays at the level he was, they probably make the playoffs. And why, why is he, I think I can probably answer this myself, but for you, why was he fun to watch? I think the thing about him is he is he gun, he's a gunslinger. 
Um, I always joke that Fitz's mentality is somebody's going to catch this ball. You know, it might not be my guys, but somebody's going <laughs> to catch this ball. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. <laughs> um, he, 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 he's not a check down quarterback. He's a guy who's going to be aggressive, especially if he has playmakers he trusts. Uh, Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry, F1, whatever nickname he ends up you know, having there. Um, he's going to love him because he's always going to give him a chance to get the ball. Uh, Devontae Parker had a lot of success with Ryan Fitzpatrick because he loves to throw those 50-50 balls. That's that's his best thing. He loves to keep plays alive and throw plays, you know, those 50-50 balls down the field. So I think that you're going to have a lot more big plays, which obviously is fun for, for fans. And he's a guy who um, really has no regard of his body. To be a 37, 38-year-old guy, I've seen him run towards the goal line, lower his shoulder and try to run somebody over and get to the end zone. And I was afraid he wasn't going to get up, you know, but he, <laughs> he got up. Um, so I just think the way he plays, he sort of has a um, a pep, a Pop Warner style of play where it's just fun with him. It looks like he's a guy where 10 years from now, if you need a pickup quarterback to be your all-time quarterback in a flag football game, he'll just come jogging in and be that guy. Uh, so I think for me, that's fun to watch. Uh, I know if you're counting on him to be, you know, playoffs in this much, he may frustrate you at times with some of his decisions. But I think ultimately it'll be more fun than sorrow. Uh, for however long he's the guy there. It sounds like energy is a big word for yep. what he brings. Yeah, absolutely. In the locker room and on the field. I mean, I talked to guys. You mentioned the piece I wrote earlier. The thing that kind of struck me every time I talked to guys, is they talked about how he made them better, how when they got on the field with them, it felt a different energy. You know, no matter if they were down 20 or up 20, he's he's always that that fun, loose guy. Um, and for, you know, whether you have a, a – for the Dolphins, it was a really, really young locker room who's trying to learn how to win. And he made things a lot less serious. You know, Brian Flores is a really hard-nosed coach. He, he runs them sometimes to the ground a little bit in practice. Yeah. And, and Fitz is a guy who's just like, hey, man, this is a kid's game. And I think that energy is really important for players, especially for a guy that you know is going to be productive on the field, that, hey, we can do what we need to do and play hard, but we can still have the energy where we're enjoying this and having fun. He also, I think the mentorship role too is probably something that he may end up doing here because it doesn't, this does not preclude them. Actually, I can see them drafting somebody um, to maybe for him to mentor. How was he in that role with Tua? I think he was very good. Um, the thing about Fitz is if you're willing to learn, he's willing to teach, you know. Um, he didn't have a lot of success with Josh Rosen because I don't think Josh Rosen was in a position where he was willing to learn. He was really in to compete with Ryan Fitzpatrick mode. So I don't know if the mentor relationship went great there. But with Tua, I think Tua was really eager to learn. I think he didn't come in with any entitlement. And I think that's the thing with Fitz. If you're willing to, you know, learn and know that you don't know more than him, he's willing to show you the way. You know, he's not he's gonna compete with you on the field. And I don't know if you guys remember midway through the season when he got benched, he was really emotional saying that he felt like, yeah. you know, it kind of got taken away from him. So he's not gonna be the guy who just sort of you know, lays out the gate, lays out the rose petals for the rookie to come take the job from him. But I think as far as the behind the scenes, particularly with a developmental quarterback, he's going to show you how to learn defenses. He's going to show you exactly what's going on with the offense and what you need to do to 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 see what he's seeing. Um, so I, I think for that factor, particularly if you if the Washington ends up drafting a guy maybe in the middle rounds sure. that wants to sit, he's going to be perfect because you can see on the field and in the meeting room what he does well and take whatever good you see from him, from him. And then one thing that that I found interesting in the article that you wrote on him, talking to all those guys, was from Chan Gailey, the offensive coordinator, because he had him in Buffalo too. 
And it seemed like he felt like he was a different, even though he'd been playing a while already then, that he was a different quarterback when he got him in Miami. Do you, is that your sense? And if so, how? Yeah, absolutely. It's weird because you often see quarterbacks at this age, you know, take a real descent. I mean, like, unless you're Tom Brady, you're not playing almost to 40 and still playing. But it seems like maybe because of the arc of his career, he's seeing an ascension in his career. I think he's probably played his best football over the last, you know, three years of his career. And I think the big thing, and I talked to Chan about this, is that his accuracy got better. You know, we've always known Fitz to be this gunslinger. That's not new. He's always been that. But I think everybody sort of always knew him as he's either going to throw five touchdowns or five interceptions. And I think over the last couple of years, he's decreased those interceptions. He's de- he's he's increased his accuracy while keeping some of that gunslinger mentality. So I don't know if there was something he did or maybe just the comfort and and playmakers that he had in Miami. But I think he really found a way to to curb some of his chances and make, you know, smarter chances when he took those chances. So I think that's the biggest thing that maybe Chan was referencing with his growth is that it's not always, you know, 400 yards, three touchdowns, four interceptions. Sometimes it's 400 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And right. that that never happened early in his career. So I think you'll get more of that from him, um, which obviously is better for the offense. And did you see times like that? Because I remember when they Washington played Tampa a couple of years ago and Tampa was moving the ball up and down the field, he kept throwing picks. Would you see, could you tell times even like when you're watching him that like maybe he goes somewhere else with the ball because something wasn't there that he doesn't, was he not forcing it as much or was he sometimes getting fortunate? Yeah, I think, I think he was smarter and not forcing it. I think what really helped okay. him is he had two um, big jump ball receivers in Miami and Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. Both of those guys are 6'3", six, 6'4", six, receivers. Right. So I think he learned to take his chances with those receivers and not with every receiver. Whereas I think okay. early in his career, he would have you know five, nine receivers. I remember when he was in Tampa Bay, he would throw a lot of jump balls to Deshaun Jackson. Who's a, you know, you guys know out there in Washington, right. you know, he's a speed guy, but he's, you know, five, 10 receivers. So if you're throwing a jump ball, you know, up to Deshaun Jack- Jackson, you're more likely than not going to get an interception if DB's uh, uh, even, whereas, you know, receive bigger receivers have a better chance. So I think he took his chances and more selective for more selective receivers that he felt like could win that opportunity. And yeah, I think he got really smart in making quicker decisions. Like he still has those deep, you know, longer plays, but I think he really learned to manage an offense and say, Hey, I'm going to take this 10 yard slant pass versus holding it and trying to go for that 30 yard go route, you know, on every single play. Cameron, that's great stuff. I think the key here is for Washington fans. Sometimes you're just going to have to hold your breath when he's dropping (laughs) back. Um, But it did seem like just in looking at the numbers, his numbers were better in terms of touchdown to interception ratio so we'll see. But I appreciate the insight and, and the honesty, too, because you can't sit here and say he's the answer. Absolutely. But there are going to be some things where you say it's fun to see this. Right. Losing isn't fun. So but yeah, I think it'll be <laughs> it may be fun along the way. It'll be quite a journey. Thanks for joining me, man. Absolutely. Appreciate you, John. What's up? It's Mike Jones from the Football Jones podcast. I know you're enjoying your time with the John Kime Report. But once you're done, I want to invite you to come over and check out my podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into some of the most pressing topics around the NFL. High-profile guests from the coach, player, and front office ranks, as well as the top league insiders. Check out the Football Jones Podcast, another fine product brought to you by Empire Media.
That's it for this episode. I told you it'd be quick. Thanks to Cameron for joining me, and thank you for listening. I'll be back with another episode later this week or as news warrants. Talk to you next time.